The Hoop Collective is brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. Baseball is back, and so are your favorite teams and players. Catch the best of the bigs all season on ESPN Plus with over 170 live MLB games featuring every star and every team in the league. Sign up now at ESPNPlus.com slash baseball. And with the NFL Draft just two weeks away, don't forget to check out First Draft with Mel Kuyper Jr., Todd McShay, and Field Yates, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we are doing on Thursday morning Eastern Time. Uh, joining me from Boston, Massachusetts, is Tim Bontemps. Timmy, good times. Well, guys. Joining us from Dallas, Texas, where they played. Uh, actually, the game wasn't in Dallas last night. It was in uh, in Memphis. In Memphis, but they were celebrating in Dallas when Luca hit that shot. Is Ben McMahon? Howdy, partners. We'll get to Luca and the Mavericks later. Um, out this morning, as in Thursday morning, uh, all our wonderful listeners will catch this later, but if you haven't seen it, you should go look at it, is Tim Bontemps' latest uh, straw poll for the MVP vote. Now, before I hand Tim over to tell us the results, I this is one of the most important things that Tim does every year. Now, I, Tim probably is like, oh, great, all the other stories that I work so hard on. I was going to say one of the only important things. Go on. <laughs> um. What's important to realize about this poll is that, number one, Tim talks to the actual voters. Uh, this is not going to go out there and talk to 10 people on the street. This is not talk to only the media in Boston. Uh, it looks like you talk to 101 voters here, um, uh, likely voters. We don't know 100% who the voters will be, the NBA. Or he talks to voters and, 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 and other media members who would be – you know, vote candidates, for example. Yes, and he talks to them across the country. And inter- you talk to, Tim, you talk to uh, international people of internet because there's a selection of international journalists who get votes, right? Yeah, it's it's two people. It's at least two people from every market. And it's, I think this, I think I had eight or nine overseas journalists okay. also. Which is how the league, which is how the league puts this together. What I'm trying to point out here is this is a very telling poll. Um, uh how many years have you been doing this? I know you did this at the po- at the Washington Post as well. Last five years in a row. Okay. And am I correct in saying that the, that the track record of this thing, especially this late season poll, has been very accurate? Uh, it has been with one exception, which I'll get to when I talk about this one. Okay. So I'm just setting up the point that – and I'm going to say that even before it reveals the results, um, I was pretty surprised by the results. Uh and I have to even, you know, I was arguing, I was kind of, when he told me what they were, I was kind of like complaining. And he's like, look, what do you want me to say? This is what the poll says. Wait, Don't but, tell him. Bontemps, what you, what we want to say is, Wendy, we told you so. We told you this last week. You're right. That is correct. And you that are right. Correct. And my God, are you right. So Bontemps, so, go ahead. Well, after, after that whole introduction, which I appreciate. So uh, Nicole Jokic is the very heavy favorite to win the MVP based off this poll. You got 90, 90 of the 101 first place votes. You got 969 total points. And this, this formula is the same voting formula in terms of both the number of voters and, like Brian said, the basic makeup of the voters and also um, how the points are tabulated. It's all the same as the actual MVP race that the NBA – or the, NBA, the MVP vote that the NBA does after the season. And – you know, Jokic has 969 points, and typically there's somebody in second place, somewhere around 750 points every year, give or take a few on either side. Second place is Joel Embiid with 401 points, which uh, is a sign both of um, how big of a lead Jokic has and how muddled this field has been because of injuries. Because everybody who comes after him, you know, you've got Embiid second, Giannis Antetokounmpo third. And B, and, Damian. No, and B, yeah. Just just to be clear, and I think this is the this is a, a, a good way to say it. Jokic has ninety first place votes. Embiid has five. It's ninety. I mean, the points are fine. You're fine. Right. It's ninety to five. Right. And and in total votes, 
Jokic is the only one who was on every ballot, and Embiid was on the next most ballots with 82. That, which again, that surprised which me he, that, he, that Embiid well, would be well, left here, totally off a ballot, or 19 well, ballots. Here's the, well, here's the thing, right? The injury, the, the story, the real story of this poll is that the injuries this season have completely altered the race yeah. in a dramatic way, which is obvious, but it's even more, it's really obvious when you look at this. Like you, I thought coming into this poll that Nikola Jokic would be ahead, both because he's having one of the all-time greatest seasons anyone's had uh, statistically, and Denver's played a lot better, and he's been healthy. I didn't think he'd be winning by a record amount in this poll, which he is. I've never I've never done one of these polls where somebody's been up by this much uh, in any respect um, at this point in the season. And the reason why mainly is because of these injuries, because again, the, the last one we did in February, you know, Jokic, Embiid, and LeBron were all super bunched mm-hmm. together. Kevin Durant was fourth. He didn't get a single vote this time, so he basically hasn't played since then. Um, James Harden, I think, would have gotten a lot more votes, but yeah. he hurt his hamstring a couple weeks ago. He's gotten knocked off the map. Um, you know, Damian Lillard has been banged up lately and struggled. Giannis has missed what the past six games with a knee injury. Oh, you missed six games. You're right out of the MVP vote. You missed six whole games. You're done. Well, you, uh, we'll have, see you next I, year, guys. Oh, see you next hold on, year. man. Hold on, man. I got, I got, I got plenty of data to, to knock down our boy for his okay. for his nonsense. Go for it. Um, but so look, that that was the biggest takeaway to me is that I thought I thought Jokic would be ahead, and I thought would be within striking distance. I don't think there's I think there's basically no chance that he can lose this race now, barring him getting hurt. I know Jamal Murray just got hurt. I know that's gonna probably set Denver back a little bit in the standings, but I don't see MVP voters saying, Well, Jamal Murray got hurt, so I'm going to dock Nikola right. Jokic for that. And I, I think short of that, like the the one example that I referenced was in twenty seventeen. Um, the first year I did this straw poll, uh, it was also the year that was probably the most competitive MVP race in recent memory when you had Russell Westbrook, James Harden, LeBron, and Kawhi Leonard all have a lot of support. And James Harden led Russell Westbrook in the final straw poll right about this exact, this much time left in the season. But Harden only had half of the MVP votes that year, and Westbrook had a quarter of them. Plus, and was only about 150 points behind. And there was a huge narrative shift down the stretch with Westbrook getting that MVP that allowed him to flip, sort of flip the result basically from where it was in this to where it was at the end. But to me, the, the significant difference there is that the margin was dramatically smaller. Yeah, and Westbrook... I mean, we're talking about... No, go ahead, Tim. Well, I was going to say, the, you talk about the narrative shift. Westbrook, obviously, that was the triple-double record-breaking season. I covered the the road trip where he broke the record, and the game that he did it was when uh, he gets... That shot in Denver. Well, not only the shot, but... It's like a 13-point comeback in the last five minutes. He scored every single point. He hits the whatever it was, 35-foot shot at the buzzer to beat him. It's a 50-point game. and It was like if there's ever an MVP moment, it was that. I mean, that was the only time I've ever seen a guy hit a buzzer beater to eliminate the home team from playoff contention and get a standing ovation and deserved it. No, it but the bigger – and you're right about all that. The bigger point is that it was a a 130-point – margin and a 25 vote margin in first place votes that had to be made up. Yeah. And, and Daryl so Morey set a record. Made it up. Daryl Morey set a record right. that year for emails sent to media members lobbying off the record. <laughs> that That's right. But it was, that was a really close vote all the way through that flipped at the end. This is not a very close vote. And that's the thing I want to stress. Like Jokic is blowing away the field. And so even if, even if there is momentum in Joel Embiid's direction over the next month, which I think there very well could be. Uh, it's hard for me to see, short of Jokic getting hurt, who, by the way, has played every game yeah. and never Oh, my hurt. God. If Jokic misses three games, he won't get a vote because that's right, the way well the now, media is I, going I, this I, year. I, because, I, my God, gonna, you right, twist a on. knee, you better – you're not even making gonna, the all team if you twist a knee. All right. Before you start whining – Embiid misses I, three games you, most weeks. All right. Hold on. Before, before you start whining, Brian, make your case, and then I'll refute it with data. All right. I'm going to say one, one thing. My case for Joel, my my frustration here is not that Jokic is winning. Jokic is indeed having a spectacular year. Although, let me just say as an aside, putting historic around this season when it comes to offensive numbers needs to be suspended. The offensive numbers this year are 
preposterous. This, it is far and away the most out-of-control offensive season in history. There's about 10 different reasons for it. Number right. the, one, same apply, the same applies to everybody, including Joel, though. That's fine. That's fine. I'm just saying, though, I have no problem with Nikola Jokic winning the MVP. What I have a problem with is the voters who I count on to have some perspective. I don't have that much belief in the voters having perspective, but I do count on them more than some guy on Twitter sending wild tweets out forgetting what happened 15 minutes ago, much less two days ago. Joel Embiid has had one injury this year, and it cost him 10 games. Okay. Yes, he has other games where he takes back-to-backs off, but he, he has only missed consecutive games one time, and that was when he had the, the freak injury that almost blew yep. out his knee, and he yep. missed 10 games. Okay. Yep. All right. Yep. And if you look at his performances in big games, and I'm, it's not an exhaustive list. I'm just going to go back to early February against Brooklyn, 33-9. and nine. At Phoenix, 35-8. and eight. Um, Utah, 40-19. and 19. He missed the first Utah game, um, but the, the, the second Utah game, 40-19. and 19. Um, Let's see here. At Boston a few weeks ago, 35. Uh, at Brooklyn, or home against Brooklyn last night, 39-13. and 13. I know it wasn't the most efficient performance. Uh, they have the number two defense in the league, of which he is a key centerpiece to it. I know he's missed a number of games. But in this season, especially where everybody is hurt, you either you, you watch a performance and you say, this guy is, you know, you evaluate his performance. You don't sit there and count. One of the things that is insane to me is that Steph Curry, who is probably the hottest he's ever been in his career, and is putting up absolutely breathtaking games, night in and night out. Steph Curry is a reason right now to stay awake because, my God, the guy might have 70. He had 43 and three quarters last night. He was going to break the three-point shooting record. I say last night. I meant Wednesday night. He was going to break the all-time game three-point shooting record, but they were playing the Thunder, and they were up by 40, and so Kerr, Kerr benched him. Guys, he was 12th. He's on – Five ballots. Well, he's also in ninth place. Well, listen, listen. What okay. place? Oh, what place are the Nuggets in? Are they in first? No, but right. you know what? They'd right. be they'd be three games back of the freaking Sixers in the Eastern Conference uh, if they're in the Eastern Conference standings. So it's, let, let's not act like there's some drastic uh, difference there. Also, hey, re- read me Embiid's stats in the two meetings against the Nuggets this season. Oh, he sat out both of them. Availability is part of value. Sorry, buddy. Well, one of the games right, well, he was he was injured. He was just he was out. He got hit in the knee. If like, there's look, a look, debate look, and one dude has played Ryan, eighteen more games, there's not much okay, debate. So ninety to five would indicate. That. All right. So here, so here, here we're going to come with some data now. Now listen, I, let me let me start with this. I think Joel Embiid has been the NBA's most dominant player this season. I think when he's been on the court, like per minute, I think he's been the most dominant player in the league. And you could argue certainly that he's the most valuable player in the league. And the last time I did this straw poll back in February, what did I say? I said that the door was open for Joel Embiid to win this award, despite the fact that LeBron James was on top. Because if he could stay healthy, I thought he was going to have the narrative behind him and be in strong position to win. Now, you are right, Brian, that it is not Joel Embiid's fault that he got hurt. That was a very unfortunate thing. And I'm glad that he's back playing because when he first got hurt, he thought his season was over. I thought his season was over. So I'm glad we're even having this discussion. Mm -hmm. That being said, in the history of this award, you know how many times a player has missed more than 10 games and won the MVP in that season? Talk to him. Talk to him. Twice. How many one times time, have we played seventy-two games uh, one off time, of a shortened season in one, a pandemic? Oh, one so time, so so he's missing an even on, larger hold on, percentage hold of on, games. Hold on, hold on. One time was in nineteen seventy-eight when Bill Walton won when he played fifty-eight games. The other time was when Allen Iverson played seventy-one games in two thousand one. So other than Bill Walton, when in a fluke year in seventy-eight, 
every other MVP winner has played at least 86% of the games that season. Okay. And ironically, th- the last three years have included three of the next five guys, Giannis both times and Harden, because guys are missing more games now. Those guys still played over 86% of the games. If Joel Embiid plays every single game the rest of the season, he'll have played 75% of the games. Jokic has played 100% of the games. Jokic has played 75% of his team's minutes. Joel has played 45% of his team's minutes on the court this season. He hasn't even played in half of the potential minutes he'd be on the court with his team. Now, I am not saying that in a vacuum that should just wipe him off the board and he has no chance of winning. I think you voting for Joel in the poll, Brian, is perfectly valid. I thought about voting for him still because he's been awesome when he's been on the court. They don't play that basketball. Said, they don't play basketball in a vacuum. If they did, it would really suck. Well, that being said, You're fired. <laughs> as you pointed out in an interview this week that I listened to, LeBron has always said that the greatest the greatest ability a player can have is being available to his teammates. And it's something he takes huge pride in. And I think it's been one of the great hallmarks of his career that he's played a gazillion minutes and basically never gotten hurt. And I think in this season, when everybody is hurt, I think it is pretty noteworthy that the guy who's winning is the guy who isn't hurt. And you can say that, well, it shouldn't work that way. But I also do think the guy who is healthy deserves credit for coming back and being healthy after playing into the conference finals last year and playing an immense burden in the playoffs and coming back and being incredible this season when the Nuggets had Michael Porter Jr. out with COVID and have had a bunch of guys injured and have gone through all these different variations of their team. So I certainly think that Jokic being on the court is part of his case now. I think that Embiid not being on the court does have to factor into whether he wins the award or not. And you talk about him not playing these back-to-backs like it isn't a big deal. Like, it is a big deal that Jokic can play every game and Embiid can't. It doesn't, it, it should, it's not fair necessarily, but we're not like in the realm of fairdom here. Also, it's like, also 26, 11, and 9 on shooting splits of 56, 42, I'm 85. I mean, a, I'm, I'm, Jokic, I'm not saying a bad word about Jokic. I'm not Jokic, saying a bad word. About like, let's not, let's not act like this is just some kind of participation vote for Jokic. That's right. Okay. First of all, that's right. But, well, the, but that's that not the point I'm making. up every single night. Oh, but listen, but Brian is listen, a tiebreaker. The last, the last, the last time we did this poll, it was a three-way race, basically, between LeBron, Joel, and Jokic, right? They were basically tied. And two of the guys have had significant injuries, and one of them hasn't. So it shouldn't really be a shock that the one guy who was in a three-way tie, basically, for first and uh, doesn't ha- then didn't get hurt is winning by a lot. Here's what I know. In 2017, I voted for Joel Embiid for Rookie of the Year. He played 31 games because he was the best rookie. And because Nikola Jokic wasn't putting up 26, 11, and 9 as a rookie that season. It was, it was Embiid you know or Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, it's, it's not I voted for, I voted for, not I voted for. I voted for Brogdon that year because he played, a, whatever, a billion more games. And Joel played like 600 minutes. But rookie voting somebody Rookie of the Year on that credit, on that, uh, criteria is perfectly reasonable. I don't have any issue with that. And like I said, I don't have any issue with you voting for and being for MVP. I'm not I saying said, it's wrong, but, but you're said. acting. But wait a second. But you're acting like people who already had Jokic in a three-way tie, basically for first. And frankly, if you remember, as I said at the time, I did that straw poll right after the Lakers beat the Nuggets on national TV on Thursday night, and I did it th- over that weekend, just like I did it over this weekend. I think if I'd done that poll a week later or a week earlier, Jokic might have been winning then anyway. I'm saying that I saw what I saw, and I saw the rookie of the year that year, okay? And I'm saying I saw, I've seen what I've seen this year. Right. But I guess I guess, I've okay, seen enough to, to know. That, 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 my uh, point is just in terms of pure dominance. Wait. Let me, I just got, just to clarify, no, go ahead. just go ahead. in terms of pure dominance, are you saying Malcolm Brogdon? versus Joel Embiid in terms of just the the eye test, forget about games played, was anywhere comparable to Nikola Jokic versus Joel Embiid? No, because we're not, but we're not talking, we're not comparing Joel Embiid to Nikola Jokic. 
That, well, that's yeah, not what we're yeah, comparing. Yeah, we absolutely are. We no, absolutely we are not. Are. It, th- and that's, what we're telling no. you is it's close no. if the games played were the same. The games played aren't close to the no. voting. I'm, tell- that's what I'm telling, telling you, I want to have the debate between Jokic and Embiid. But that's not the debate that's happening. Yeah, Brian, look, I, I think the thing that's hard to argue here is that you keep saying Nikola Jokic is a deserving MVP candidate. But at the same time, you're arguing pretty vociferously that Joel Embiid should be the MVP and that no, people that's who that's not what I'm arguing. Well, hold on. Hold on. You are arguing that because you're this you're this wound up about the fact that the the vote is this wide and you're basically saying people are counting injuries as too much of a factor in the race. What I and what I would say to you is he had hey, one injury that cost him ten games, Brian, and he's got ninety five percent of well, the. Hold votes. on a second. Hold on a second. First of all, he had one injury that cost him ten games. He also missed several of those other games with injuries of some kind, nagging things that forced him to sit out of games, which matters. It's not. It it does matter that he didn't play those games. It's it it one hundred percent matters. You. It's not like he. It's not, if you if you wanted to say he missed ten games with an injury and he missed eight games with COVID, if that's what you wanted, if that was the situation, I think there'd be a better case for Joel in that circumstance. I believe he missed one game because of COVID protocols, and the others have all been nagging injuries of some kind. So it's not that he was just healthy and didn't play, but even if he was just healthy and didn't play, it's still the fact of the matter is that one guy is going to have played in virtually every game his team has played. And he's played almost double the minutes that Embiid has played, who, again, has not played in half the minutes his mm-hmm. team has played this season. And I think well, that's pl- a very yeah. fair demerit to it's his fine. case. I mean, you know, I would argue that he only plays one end of the floor, but okay, whatever. Look, uh, I just uh, – uh, um, If Embiid's so much better, why aren't the Sixers so far ahead of uh, the of the Nuggets in terms of – and if you want to go big games against great opponents – Jokic, 47-12-5 and a win over the Jazz. 41-5-5 and and a win over the Blazers. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying 37-10-11 and a win he, over he, the Hawks. Like, I mean, we can go on down the list. But Brian, you are saying that about Jokic because, again, the race was tied two months ago it between these three tied. guys. LeBron had a significant advantage. No, he didn't. He had yeah, these he small – okay, okay, you can make up facts now. And yell like people on Twitter, like you were talking about earlier. Well, it's one thing or, to or, say or, a guy a misses. It's one thing to no. say, well, a guy no, misses no, 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 seven no, no, no. weeks no. because of an injury. Yes, that's you're gonna you're gonna listen. You just Ooh. said LeBron has significant lead. That is a lie. LeBron had the closest advantage. How of anyone? First- it- Brian. Tim, I don't give a flying bleep about the total points. I know that you put the total points in there and that matters to you. The only thing that matters to me is first place votes. How many first place votes did LeBron have? I will look it up now. I'm not even going to bother looking it up. He was a, he was barely ahead. There's no way that's true. He had like way more first place votes. Well, let's just let's just let's just go with that straw poll then. Since I mean, what, what's the point? The point is, considering all the facts, Jokic is the clear front runner, and you can call up four other people who want to debate this, but ninety others. Have Jokic as the as the MVP. I I will ha- I will sit here. I'm going to say it again. Then we're going to move on. I'll sit here and we'll have a debate about Jokic versus Embiid's season, and we'll talk about how incredible Jokic has been guiding that offense. How incredibly he is able to do so many different things. How his weight loss has enabled him to be so much more agile, and he's throwing the ball down with dunks and his incredible efficiency. I- I'll sit here for all that. But I won't. What I what disappoints me, as I said again, is is that this is not a debate about Embiid versus Jokic. It is a debate about injury versus not injury. You're making an idiotic argument because because you because you are dismissing. If he, if he missed 45 games, I get it. He had dis- one significant injury that he missed 10 games. You're dismissing in, in, the intellect of everybody the, who participated in this poll by acting like everyone has their heads in the sand. For looking at the the data in front of them, and it's guys, it's, it's aggravating. I want you to defend yourself in thirty years when Steph Curry 
finishes 12th in, in MVP voting. I voted for Steph Curry in this poll. Can I tell you, you something? In 30 years, I, did. I sure as hell ain't okay. going to talk about go. where Steph Curry finished in the 2021 MVP uh, I, voting. This, you're acting you're acting like this is a you're acting like this is a disgrace if this goes this way. It's it's not. It's not a disgrace. Last year, last year Giannis got 85 first place votes. LeBron got 16. If in the final tally of this poll, Giannis has or Jokic has 75 or 80 first place votes, and Embiid has 20, no one's going to care. Like I, this is the thing about your argument. You keep saying Jokic deserves to win, but then you're acting like I'm an idiot, and other people who voted for Jokic are idiots. And are not looking at the data. No, that's not what I said. With I said dis, dis, disregarding Embiid for this particular year because of injury. It's I think disregarding him for him to finish second. Hey, yeah, I was going to say he's, this is like honestly, yeah. You you've gone full blown crazy, Wendy. This is, this is like argument. this is like when James Harden and his people whine about how disrespected he is when he finishes top three in MVP voting every year. It's like. How are you it's so disappointed? You're getting votes every it's, year. It's, I'm, I am disappointed at my media brethren for being so obtuse and shallow. But In the Brian, straw poll that you did. How you that when he finished second? First of all, I don't even he know what obtuse third. means. So if I you're going to call me that, i got to look it up. He's played two-thirds of the games. People are allowed to use that as a part of their vote. You acting like this is insane is stupid. Of course you can use this part of your vote. I'm saying that it's a mistake to view this as the reason. In the straw poll that you did in February, which I now have in front of me. Yeah, I looked it up. LeBron had 53 votes, Embiid had 28, and Jokic had 16, right? There was 23 and 18. LeBron One had 53, Embiid had 23, Jokic is 18. That is not a cl- – I know that in the totals it was close. LeBron, that is LeBron winning by a large margin, Okay. So LeBron was way ahead. So it was not a three-way race. Okay. Oh, okay. I mean, you can make up the damn rules to the poll if you want. You want to do the poll in the future? Or no, do you I don't. To I'm glad that you time? do. I'm glad that you okay. do. Okay. Well, then maybe you should actually listen to people because you are being a jackass. I am right? listening woo, to woo. it. I am listening. I'm listening to my you're fellow media brethren. No, yes, not. I am listening. You, you the, Brian. My fellow media people. brethren has made it very, very clear. That if you miss ten games because somebody falls into your knee, you can't be MVP. You, th- they've made you're that talking about no, not when it's a neck and neck race. You can't. Nope. Nope. Not when it's neck and neck. Obtuse is remarkable because this is this is honestly the most obtuse argument you could make. You're 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 distilling this entire thing down to Joel had one unfortunate thing happen, so therefore he got screwed, and this is an embarrassment. I, I I'm frankly very angry. They are acting like this is an embarrassment. You are uh, it, being it, annoyingly insensitive and slow it to understand. It, it, it's, this is just this. None of this makes any sense to me. Right, well, I mean, I'm tired honestly, of having a circular I'm, argument here. Well, I'm, I'm angry. I'm trained. angry at my media brethren. That's what I'm angry at. I'm not well, angry at anything else. I'm, I, I, if Jokic wins the MVP, he absolutely deserves it. That is not my, that is not my position. My position is. You're not going to get away with that crap. You're not going to, because this entire time. You are you keep saying, oh well, it's not a it's not a big deal if Jokic wins. He deserves to win. But everybody's a, a goddamn moron for not right. voting Joel right. first so because he got wait a minute. So wait a minute. Are you saying that they are that they're voting Jokic ninety-five to five, or was it ninety to 90 five? Ninety to five. Because Jokic is that much better than Embiid? You think Dude, the injury no, you see that I hate that argument. First of all, look. It's not like you're not putting weight on your vote. You're not saying, well, I vote him 90. Uh, I give him 90% of the vote and him 5%. No, dude. If 90 people agree, it's not like they're all saying this is just a, a, an absolute no-brainer blowout, even though I think it is. But it, he got 90 votes because 90 people think he's the MVP. 90 people agree. They're not. It, it, that's not a weight thing. They're not saying, you know, this is a really strong first place vote. It's just ninety people agree. That's Last all. year was eighty five to sixteen in the final vote. If if this, if this was seventy five to twenty five, would you be sitting here stomping your feet saying, "How dare people vote for Jokic"? I'm saying Embiid was leading Jokic at the last straw poll, and and then stuff he had happened. five more for, he had five more first place votes, and then he got hurt. And he missed, and missed a chunk games. of time. Yeah, you're acting like that's not a significant amount of time. 
Well, there's been eight uh, weeks since then. He's missed three of them. Yeah, and like LeBron has missed like five of them or whatever. Or he, you know, yes, like and he's, and he's fallen out back. of the race as a result. Yeah, well, it's not the same because you, you, he's going to beat his back, dominating games and leading his team to big wins. Yeah, he okay. they, they listen. They held I mean, off the Long Island the Nets last night. That was impressive. As I said at the beginning, I, of of all of us here, you're the one who's disrespecting people because I think Joel has been great. But I also think it matters that he's missed a third of the season. And you could say that's a nonsensical argument and that I'm an idiot for thinking that way. And I'm one of these media brethren who's too too goddamn stupid to look at the situation and see how this goes. And that's fine. You can say that if you want. But at the end of the day, it's the award is who's the most valuable player in the league. And I think when one guy has not played half the minutes his team has played this season, and the other guy has played 75% of his team's minutes and is having an all-time great season, yeah, I think he's a more than deserving first-place vote for MVP. Nicole Jokic got a triple-double last night and a blowout win over the Heat. First game without Jamal Murray. Jokic just keeps on rolling. Jokic is a great player and a worthy MVP. I'll say it for the fifth time. I'm tired of having Okay, good. A worthy MVP. So the next draw poll, he'll have 91 first-place votes because he just got yours. Let's move on. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click Ranger.com or just stop by. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seat Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP, H-O-O-P. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. Really disappointing news that came out this morning. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge announces his retirement uh, because he had an irregular heartbeat. Um, that was in the uh, the Minnesota game. Am I correct in saying that? Is That's when he, and he felt it because um, he didn't play. Uh, he didn't play the Minnesota game. He didn't play the Minnesota game. He played. So what? 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 What day was that? What, did this happen for him? I'm not sure. What? Whenever their last game was over the weekend, he didn't go to them. He didn't go with the team to Minnesota. Okay, that's right. All right. So um, he had an irregular heartbeat and was taken to the hospital. Um, he has had a previous uh, issue, yeah. um, Wolf Parkinson White syndrome. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm not a doctor or whatever, but that involves. Um, some sort of um, uh, uh, disorder with the uh, with your heartbeat and your sort of electrical rhythms, um, which I think is a uh, a very rare birth (coughs) um, situation. So this is, um, I mean, a shot year, miss some time with the Spurs because of it. Yeah. I mean, um, so I, I remembered that, but I mean, this is just, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying this. You, did you feel like this has a huge impact on the, on the Nets? It's just a stunning moment, man. Yeah. And look, I, I don't want to disrespect his career by talking about the, the, you know, we, we've had the conversation where, you know, we said, our, we weighed in on what we thought was the impact or lack thereof of, of, of him signing with the Nets as a buyout. But look, this is a guy who, um, you know, had an unbelievably, Good career, you know, seven time uh, all star. Um, you know, it, it's also a guy I've known since I've known the Marcus since he was at Seagoville High School, which is uh, which is in Dallas ISD. Um, you know, covered him in high school, uh, arguably the best player ever to come out of the Dallas ISD in the, in the conversation with Chris Bosch and uh, and Grandmama Larry Johnson. Um, and you know, it's just he, he's been a, a really, really good pro for a long time. You know, obviously he was chasing a a, a ring, um, was contributing. You know, was certainly contributing to the Nets. Um, it's not going to get that chance to to win a championship, but you know, again, I don't I don't think it's right for 
to, you know, I, I just don't feel right about talking about, well, the impact on the Nets, this, that, or the other. No, you're right. It's, you're it's, right. It's, it's, a, it's a tip the cap moment to LaMarcus Aldridge for a, a great career. And obviously, uh, you know, hope that the, the, the heart, uh, the heart issues aren't something that affects him in his everyday life. Hope he can live a long, happy uh, life. You know, you hear players say this all the time, and it's happened so often you get desensitized to it, but, you know, they say you never know which game could be your last. Mm-hmm. And um, this is a case where, um, you know, I'm, he's a very rich man. I'm not – but you know, he, he bought himself a chance at this by yep. leaving $7 bucks on the table. I think he got some of it back when he signed in Brooklyn, but he really wanted this, you know, and had played – you know, he's, he'd been playing pretty well. I think he, you know, he had shot the ball really well for them. I mean, he hadn't, you know, they hadn't really been super tested yet as a team. Their, their schedule had been soft since getting him and Blake and it was just starting to get more difficult. Um, but it is Bontemps that situation where man, like, you know, tomorrow isn't promise and, you know, he's, he's healthy. He said he's okay, but his NBA career, there isn't a tomorrow. And so that's, uh, it's a real reminder for, for everybody when you hear somebody say that, that, uh, that that's real in a lot of cases. Yeah. I mean, it's funny given he's from Boston that are from Boston, from Dallas, that, uh, you know, this, this is obviously the same thing that happened to Chris Bosch and that his career, yeah. you know, for different reasons, but ended very prematurely. And, and those two guys were, you know, two of the best power forwards of their era. And, you know, both, uh, you know, I, Chris Bosch already should be in the hall of fame. And I think Marcus has a good chance to get there. And, what do you think um, about that? I mean, I mean, I hadn't thought about that. Um, seven All Star appearances. I mean, there's well, Bosch. Bosch obviously has the you know he's got the multiple championships where where Lamarcus doesn't, and uh, you know it's on again covering Lamarcus since he was in high school. It's it's the fact that he was not able to follow through on this chance to win a championship. It's it's the one thing he's never been able to do. And his last high school game, as a matter of fact. Uh, it was Seagaville against Lincoln, which that was like a you know the huge rivalry in Dallas ISD for the right to go to the state championship game. Um, the Marcus's teammates broke the play with them down, I believe, one point. He was supposed to get the shot at the end of the game. This other kid took it and bricked it. Uh, this was after Joel Bosch or Joel Bosch, I think it's pronounced Joel Bosch. Chris's little brother had hit the shot to give Lincoln the lead. So anyways, Lamarcus never got to play in a, in a state championship in high school. And it's like, he was probably the best player never to make a state championship here. You know, he's not the best player never won a championship, but he's a really good player who, who never got to that stage to win a championship. And, uh, I'm also looking at our ESPN stats and info, and this is a, you know, in the grand scheme of things, this isn't big, but, Finishes with nineteen thousand nine hundred fifty-one career points. Man, that twenty thousand is a sweet milestone. Uh, it's it's, it's just a shame in in so many different ways that he didn't get to finish out uh, this year. But you know, the good news is, uh, you know, obviously this is something that was very concerning, and they caught it before we had a uh, you know a, a tragic type of situation, you know, during an NBA game. Yeah, Bontemps, I'm like I think Chris Bosch is a no-brainer Hall of Famer. I mean, he was not first ballot, which is fine. I mean, I think he's definitely a Hall of Famer. I, yeah. I hadn't thought about Aldridge, but I I mean, I'm I'm more in the camp that usually is a little bit I'm more restrictive with Hall of Fames. I mean, I, I think the standard first off, the the uh the basketball hall of fame is all over the place in its standard and they're very opaque in how they elect people. Um and so it's very difficult to predict what they will do. But just in general, uh, you know, if you're uh, if you're asking me if Marcus Aldridge is a Hall of Famer, you know, you could convince me. Yeah, I mean, he made five All NBA teams. He was in, and especially in an era where there's a ton of really talented forwards. Um, That's true. And, it was. And, he had to go with against Duncan and Dirk a lot of those years. Yeah, I mean, and he, you know, he was on really good teams for a really long time. You know, I mean, he was the he was the bridge between the two eras in Portland. You know, with Brandon Roy and then with Dame, and obviously he went to the Spurs and was part of a really really good Spurs team that. You know, was really close to winning a couple times, and just ran into, you know, a you know a, a couple juggernaut teams, and, and wasn't able to quite get over the hump. But um, but yeah, I mean, look, he had a terrific career. He's a really interesting guy. Um, I've always, you know, I haven't had a ton of interactions with him, but I've always enjoyed interviewing him. I think he's a, a bright guy, an interesting guy, and um, it's it's just a real shame. And and like you guys have both said, hopefully he's able to be healthy and have a you know long productive post-playing career because he um he was always a fun guy to watch and a fun guy to talk to and you know 
got nothing to be ashamed of for what's been a terrific NBA career. Um, yeah, so we wish him the absolute best. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. I wanted to talk a, a little bit about Luka Doncic here, um, who uh, finished ninth in the latest NBA straw poll. Uh, just to bring that one back. <laughs> Wendy, uh, Wendy wants round 10. I absolutely think that there is for sure eight players who have had better years than Luka, no doubt in my mind. Um, good job, guys. Um, uh, you're so lucky you're not in the room with me. <laughs> well, it's not that it's at the end of the day. Okay, time, let's that talk about Luca's shot. It's not, not that big of a straw poll. <laughs> By the way, uh, I was watching some of Curry's highlights uh, on Wednesday night. Curry had a 25 point third quarter um, earlier this week. Rick Welts, uh, or was it last week? Rick Welts, the um, long time retired. He, reti- in, in he, he announced it last week. Yeah, so he was on the jump the day he, re- he announced his retirement. And um, I can't remember if it was Rachel or somebody else asked him what his biggest memory was. Now we're talking about a guy who over 40 years at the NBA with three or four different teams, league office, his greatest memory ever, you know, multiple championships. And his best memory, he said, of his whole career was watching Clay Thompson score 37 points in a quarter against the Kings in 2015. I think it was the third quarter of that game. And so I went back and watched it because I just wanted to see, you know, you see these super hot quarters. Um, I went back and watched it this morning. And um, the thing about it is there's a couple of plays in there where Curry feeds Clay the ball and, like, I swear when Curry threw the ball to Clay. Clay was like five feet away from where the ball was going. And he like just like appeared out of nowhere, caught the ball and shot it. And there was this one play where Steph was, was transitioning up the court and he threw a left-handed underhand diagonal pass that like almost hit David Lee and it was, it was Draymond or maybe it was Harrison Barnes. It almost hit two of the other teammates. Like they didn't know the ball was coming. It like went past David Lee's butt and across like um, Harrison Barnes's nose, and Clay caught it and fired it from like twenty-seven feet and hit it. I mean, and it, it was pretty amazing. I, I witnessed uh, Kevin Love have a thirty-four point quarter uh, against the Blazers, where uh, Terry Stotts had uh, Mason Plumlee defend him. It didn't work out, um, but. Um, so seeing Steph like that, just, you know, and this is just a, a Wednesday in April and you have Steph put up 43 and three quarters and then you have this Luca performance. Um, I've never seen uh, McMahon. I've never seen a shot like Luca hit. And I, and I don't want to you know by the time people listen to this podcast, we two days old. And I know there'll be a fresh highlights. Luca hits this three at the buzzer and he's, he's kind of like falling down and the ball is so high in the air, and he's so forward going his momentum that he was almost under the basket to catch it. Yeah, it was a stumbling uh, three-point floater buzzer beater. And I asked him, I said, did you get a look at the rim before you let the shot go? He said he didn't think so. Um, and, and, you know, the kid, you know, Rick Carlisle had all kinds of great quote. The best was when Rick was talking because, like, Luca regularly hits – just ridiculous shots, just messing around. You know, this so, week he hit that, yeah. he dribbled the ball like a soccer ball and shot it from like, what, 40 Probably, feet? Yeah, 40 or 50 feet, yeah, from behind the basket swish. You know, Rick talked about uh, he lost thousands of dollars betting Luke on half-court shots, and he, yeah, he talked about the time, time he was... I want to call a 30-second timeout on that. What are the stakes that Rick Carlisle and Luka Doncic are playing at? 
Well, and then and let me ask you this: is the is the bet? And like you're not there anymore, so this is one thing that we can't get. We used to, I used to be able to watch this stuff at the end of shoot around. Like, is Rick saying five hundred dollars you make this, or does Rick also shoot the half court shot for five hundred dollars and it's who misses? Because if it's one of these things where five hundred if you make or 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 you know or I win, I mean that's that's yeah. even more impressive. No, I, I I couldn't tell you the details of that, but it was funny when Rick talked about the time in Mexico City. He was so pissed off that he paid Luca off in pesos. Rick also uh, said that Luca Luca is not as good as as at paying his debts as he is at winning money. Uh-huh. But the, I mean, the point of this kid, he you know he makes all kinds of crazy trick shots. He's always messing around with it, and that's what you know Rick and and uh, a couple of the math teammates, including uh, Chris Steps Porzingis, who was available on the Zoom, and was just giddy as a you know as a schoolgirl. Um, Anyways, they're, they're talking about like it's not a it's a crazy shot, but it's not a surprise. This is you know the kid. And what's funny though is how much that shot. It's like this joyful, you know, unbelievably fun moment. If Luca doesn't make that shot, it's the Mavs' fourth loss in five games. We're talking about Porzingis only got one bucket, you know, in the, in the fourth quarter, and what's going on here? That dynamic's weird and. You know, Luca missed a clutch, but now it's just like this kid is. You know, I mean, he has established himself as as already an an elite clutch shot maker at twenty two years old. Von Temps, you don't think so? No, look, I mean, it was it was an incredible moment last night. I mean, I was sitting there watching the game. I texted McMahon uh, after um, the Mavs. You know, Luca drove in to the paint and. Had a chance to kick out for a game time three with a few yeah. seconds to go. Didn't. Uh, took a shot with three seconds to go. Missed it. Uh, had a chance for an and one. Then he missed one of the free throws. I mean, it was it, it was all setting up to be, uh, you know, Luca have an egg on his face for to the end of that game. And then Grayson Allen missed two free throws and gave him Grayson a chance Allen, to. Who's, Grayson Allen, who's like an 80-some percent free, free throw. Well, he was 90.6 when he went to the line. Wow. He was 88-point-something after he left the line. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. he missed and, two. Uh, yeah, yeah, missed both. And Luca, I mean, you know, lots was, of Ted Cruz jokes about that one in Texas. Yeah, <laughs> that that is true. But yeah, no, it was it was a wild shot. And yeah, I mean, it's it, it is one of those things. Where, like, if you were going to pick one guy in the league to make a shot like that, he's the guy you would pick probably over just about anybody. Maybe him and Steph. Um, even though he's obviously I'd not always shooter, pick, Steph. I'd always pick Kevin Durant because he's indefensible. Well, and Dame, obviously, if we're going to talk about great. Well, I meant I was just makers. talking about more of the – I was talking I, – I didn't mean him making a clutch shot as much as like a the circus shot. Like, yeah. 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 Like that – That like him and Steph are the two guys I would probably think of to like make some kind of super creative, crazy um, play like that uh, yeah. in that kind of situation. But it was – it was uh, – it was something to see. I mean, it was it was it was pretty neat. And look, that was a that was a big win for Dallas. I mean, oh yeah, you know, we've Dallas obviously. You know, McMahon had the story this week of of Luca and Cuban complaining about being in Mark Cuban complaining about being in the playing tournament, and you know they're they're trying to get past Portland. And, McMahon, and, let me ask you this: How outrageous do you think Luca would have to get? How outrageous of a take would Luca have to have? For Cuban not to agree with him. Oh yeah. No, be like, I, I, listen, I, did, I reached out to Cuban the morning after Luca. Would it be like Menudo was the best band of all time, and Cuban would be like, "Oh, you know what? Absolutely." They were. And and they the, were. here's the, here's the thing, Cuban. I I knew he was either going to not comment or get Luca's back, but it was a unanimous vote by the board of governors. Obviously, Cuban's part of that, so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to see if Cuban wants to chime in, and I think this was a situation. Where perhaps Cuban said, "Yeah, I got to get Lucas back, and let me figure out the reasoning why." Although, you know, he's not alone in in uh, you know the 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 logic about the compressed season and it complicates things and da 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 da. But yeah, he was he was definitely going to get Lucas back, and then you know if he had to get creative with the reasoning, he could do that. Well, you know, look, his points are fine. It's just, it's a hard to make the points when you're in seventh place about the playing tournament. Your credibility is just really damaged. Yeah. And the, and their bet, the best idea for them would be to get out of seventh place and Portland's fading. They've got that opportunity. They're a game. Portland's back had a now. tough schedule. Yeah. And the Mavericks have one of the easier schedules down the stretch. So, yeah. you know, it, it might be, you know, a, a, a bunch of crying about uh, not a whole lot. 
Well, we don't have time to discuss it um, because we went long on a topic earlier. I can't remember what it was, and I kind of blacked out there for a minute. But uh, I would highly encourage you to take a look at the article that Bontemps wrote this week about the straw poll. No, not about the straw poll. About the uh, about Jason Tatum, who is still battling um, after effects of COVID nineteen, uh, although he's getting. He's close. He said he's close to 100%, but he's um, very relevant, uh, the Bontemps wrote. And uh, also – By the way, Bontemps- Jason Tatum, another of the elite young clutch shot makers. I was looking up like uh, trailing last 10 seconds, last 30 seconds. Tatum's at the top of those lists this season. He's had a, he's had a number all the way back to the opening night of the season when they beat Milwaukee when he hit that shot. Um, also, um, uh, while you go to uh, go to Bontemps Twitter feed and just find the straw poll story, find the uh, Tatum story, and also he did an essay about uh, Brooklyn and uh, um, Philly that ran on uh, Round Sports Center this week. You should check out. You know, I know Philly's not that good; they don't have good players. That's what I heard. Oh, um, wow. and McMahon. Are we, are we gonna, look- do you want to cry about Ben Simmons' defense player of the year candidacy? I mean, good mercy! Are they doing enough lobbying for that? I mean, if Ben Simmons. You know, gets a hangnail. He's disqualified. Uh, McMahon, check out McMahon's story. Um, <laughs> I'll give you a quick. This is a really good story idea. Uh, we don't have time, really time to discuss it, but just give us a quick. Uh, um, you had a really good story idea this this week about Luca, um, p- partially because I just love uh, Tony Allen. Just oh general. yeah, absolutely. No, that, that it was totally Tony Allen was. It was like let's talk to Tony Allen and figure it out. No, it was let's talk to some of the best defenders from the previous generation about what their approach would have been trying to stop Luca. Got so Tony Allen, Bruce Meta. Bowen, and uh yeah. and the the lockdown artist formerly known as Ron Artest. And they were both there are I'm sorry, all three of them. Real were great. quick, Bontemps yeah, it's a great those, story. It's a great idea. Out of those three, who do you think would have been best at, at dealing with Luca? I would say Artest because he yeah. was bigger than those guys. He was, so, he was so strong. He was he's like the only guy that I've ever really been able to see physically Russell with LeBron. It just, it was, you know, he, of course, at the time when like LeBron was the first couple of years, he was intimidatable and our test was in this prime that didn't last very long. All right. This was fun, right? All friends. I, I, I don't listen. I was never friends with either of you in the first place. So my true. feelings aren't hurt. That's true. All right. Thank you for listening to the Hoop Collective podcast. Thank you to Tim and Tim. Thank you to Tony, our producer. Everybody have a good weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Adios amigos. Adios.